So this last week was interesting for our family. You got to see our kids do something new. Uh, we put them in swim lessons for the entire week. So Monday to Friday last week, they got to be part of swim lessons. And they had never done it in this way before. So we walk in on Monday and they see this big old pool at Veterans Memorial Park. And then they see something they've never seen before, a diving board. And for my oldest, it was like, that's awesome. When can I go on to the diving board? And I'm like, not yet. You need to learn how to swim first. And then for my middle son, Cole, he looks at it and is like, I'm not doing that. And I'm like, well, let's just, I don't know what the coaches are going to tell you to do or anything. So it was interesting that they had two very different perspectives, just seeing the diving board. But then it was cool to watch Monday through Friday how these coaches, these, these swim coaches, walked our kids through a progression. So let me just help you see the progression. Monday, we get there, and it's an hour every day last week. They all got all the kids together and sat them on the stairs so everybody could touch. Everybody's in the water, but they're on the stairs. And then they had them do just some basic things, like everybody put their head in the water. Everybody blow blub bubbles in the water. And they kind of saw who was comfortable in the water and who wasn't. They had a group of kids that was more comfortable. Well, how about you guys come down off the stairs where you can't touch, but you're holding onto the side? And then they started getting them to kick in the water, kick in the water, kick in the water. The kids that weren't quite comfortable yet got them more used to it. And then eventually they got over on the side of the wall as well. They had them do all these different things, learning how to swim and how to breathe and when to put your head in the water, when to put your head out of the water. And then I remember on a couple days in, they said, okay, everybody walk out and go over to the five foot. And man, these kids are like, oh, the five foot. And I'm thinking, that's actually really, like I can't touch in five feet. I mean, that's deep. Are my kids gonna be okay with that? But they've been working with them. And again, you started on the stairs and on the side of the wall kicking. And now they're all standing like these big kids all the way up to the edge. I'm at the five foot end. So then the, the coaches would tell them, all right, jump in, swim to me, and then swim over to the side. So they got used to that. They'd jump in, swim to the coach, and then swim to the side. Then they'd do it again. Jump in five feet, swim to the coach, swim to the side. And then towards the end, then they got what they were waiting for you guys want to go to the diving board? And they're like, yeah, diving board deep in. And so they start running over to the diving board and the cautious parent, I'm like, let me go over there just to make sure everything's okay. So I go and stand over there and, and Connor, my oldest, like, dad, it's 10 feet. I'm like, very aware it's 10 feet. <laughs> Pay attention to your coach, please. <laughs> and he jumps in and has a great time and swims over. He comes up, he's like, dad, it's so deep. I tried to get to the bottom and even I couldn't get to the bottom. You definitely couldn't get to the bottom, dad. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Then my middle son, Cole, he gets up on the diving board, goes up, does a cannonball in and swims over. And they're having a great time jumping in. But go back to that first moment where you see the diving board, you see the deep end and you're, you got mixed feelings, don't you? But if you do it right, you go through step by step by step to the point of where you're ready for it. Now, some of you, as I talk about the deep end, you're like, I have been thrown in the deep end more times than I can count. You've been thrown in and it's been, well, sink or swim, you'll figure it out one way or the other. And we do get thrown into that, right? Life throws us in the deep end sometimes. But I am convinced, because I've seen it in my life and I've observed it in other people's lives, where God doesn't operate that way. Yes, life tends to just throw us in sometimes and we have to be frantic and react and try to figure it out. But I've noticed that God doesn't just throw us in. Sometimes it feels like it, but when you look back, you, you see him with you every step of the way. He's, he's with you. Hey, let's start on the stairs. Hey, let's come over to the side. Hey, you're ready for five feet now. You ready for the diving board? And by the time you get there, it's actually more exciting than it is nerve-wracking, isn't it? If you've gone through it step by step by step. 
In this series, My Life, My Response, we cannot talk about responses without first looking at, well, what's our response to Jesus? When Jesus says, hey, are you in or are you out? When Jesus says, hey, are you gonna follow me? What's your decision? What's your response to him? Because Jesus gives that invitation to us. In fact, he gave it to us in Luke chapter nine, verse 23. He says it to a, a crowd of people. It says, then he said to them all, anybody that was around, whoever wants to be my disciple, in other words, whoever wants to follow me, whoever's saying, yes, I'm all in, Jesus. Whoever wants to say, I'm a Christian and proclaim that title, whoever wants to be my disciple, Jesus says, there's three things, he makes it very simple. They must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, don't forget that word, we're gonna talk about it a lot, take up their cross daily and follow me. Now, if you're a new believer or you are still trying to figure out this whole Christian spiritual life thing, that seems like the deep end, doesn't it? Whoa, 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 whoa. You mean I've gotta go from where I'm at to deny myself, pick up my cross daily and follow Jesus? Well, I don't know where that is. That feels like a huge leap, doesn't it? That feels like getting thrown and tossed into the deep end. But what we see is Jesus meets us right where we are at, and then he walks us step by step, because it's a lifetime to figure that out. It is a lifetime of learning and growing to deny yourselves, to take up your cross. How often? What was it again? Daily, making sure you're paying attention, and to follow him. That's a, that's a lifetime journey. It doesn't just happen one and done. You don't just get there overnight. So what I want us to look at this morning is those next steps. And in fact, I want you to be thinking of that this entire morning. What's my next step? What's my next step? What might God be calling me in a next step? And I would tell you this, as a follower of Jesus, be all in one step at a time. Be all in with what he's asking you to do next because it gets very nerve wracking if you're standing on the steps of the pool and you look at the diving board and say, I'm so not ready for that. I don't know how anybody could ever do that. What were people thinking? Start back where, where you're at. Be all in one step at a time. And then let him lead you to the next step and the next step and the next step and see where he will take you. That's why this last part in chapter nine says, and follow me. One step at a time. So we're gonna keep coming back. I'm gonna have a lot of questions for you to think through, apply to your own life, internalize this morning. But the big question is just that. What's my next step? So after Jesus says that, because that's a big statement. If you wanna be my disciple, here's what it looks like. That's a lot to ask. Deny yourselves, pick up your cross daily, and follow me to be all in one step at a time. Still in chapter nine, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to verse 57. What we're gonna see is after he says that, here's what it looks like to follow me, he interacts with three different disciples, not one of his 12 disciples, but other people that are saying yes to Jesus, want to follow Jesus. But we're gonna see an interesting response back and forth, how Jesus responds to them after they've responded, yes, I'm gonna follow, yes, I wanna be a disciple of you, Jesus. Jesus has some different responses and they all have to do with that question, what's your next step? What's my next step? Because we're never done. We take a next step and he says, great, high five. Here's your next step. So pay attention to the next steps. See if you can figure out what your next step might be. But I also need to give you a disclaimer. Most of you probably have a wonderful picture of Jesus in your mind. Wonderful flowing brown hair with a cloak and everything like that, right? What you were raised with probably. What we're gonna read through gives you a different side of Jesus. This is the, the challenging side of Jesus. This is the Jesus that loves you no matter what, that meets you right where you're at, but it's the Jesus that refuses to leave you there. 
Did you catch that? He, he meets you right where you are at, but he refuses to leave you there. And so some of his responses back to these three disciples might be a little off-putting. So just so you know, it's gonna change, hopefully in a good way, your perspective and even understanding of Jesus just a little. Luke chapter nine, starting in verse 57. Here's the first of three disciples that respond back and forth with Jesus. As they were walking along the road, a man said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Isn't that a great disciple? Jesus, I love you and I will follow you wherever you go. And we would expect Jesus at this point to say, that's awesome, high five, let's do this thing. Instead, Jesus has a different response. Verse 58, Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. You can imagine after Jesus says that, the crowd just kind of goes, wait, what? Like he's saying he's gonna follow you wherever you go, Jesus. It sounds like you're kind of pushing back a little bit. Understand what this disciple is looking at, where he's at and the next step that Jesus is challenging him to take. This disciple would be a disciple that I would call, we don't know his name, so I'm gonna call him the comfortable disciple. The comfortable disciple, because he says, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever, but Jesus says, do you really mean wherever? Because animals, birds and foxes, they have a place to go home at night. He says, but if you're following me, who knows where that'll lead you? So when you start to look at where am I, the comfortable disciple is just that comfortable. I'm, I'm aware of my surroundings. I know where I'm at. And it's easy for the comfortable disciple to say, Jesus, I am ready to follow you wherever. Here we go. And Jesus says, wait, 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 not so fast. Do you really mean wherever? Because who knows what that next step might be. The comfortable disciple isn't maybe as worried about the geography or the, the location that Jesus might go, but Jesus makes sure he understands you're gonna get uncomfortable. Those next steps may lead you to a place you never expected, that you are unfamiliar with, that you, is an unknown to you. Be ready for that. The comfortable disciple enjoys safety enjoys comfortability, enjoys what is known, knows what to expect. And Jesus is saying, if you stay there, you're gonna stay very comfortable. But if you follow me, remember what he said earlier? Deny yourself, pick up your cross daily and follow me. If you choose to do that, your next step will lead you to a place that you might not be ready for. When I was watching my kids go from the stairs to the side of the pool, you could see a little tension. When you saw him go from the side of the pool to the five foot, from the five foot to the diving board, each step, there was a little tension, there was a little anxiety, there was definitely some uncertainty, but every step of the way, they became more and more ready for it. Jesus isn't telling this man no. He's just saying, make sure you understand what you're getting into. So how do you relate to the comfortable disciple? Let me say it this way. Here's a quote for you. If you've studied psychology or counseling, this is gonna sound familiar for you says that you will either step forward into growth or you will step back into safety. I love that. You will either step forward into growth or you will step back into safety. We all have those safety nets, don't we? The things that we hold on to. And maybe Jesus is calling you to something a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit unknown, maybe even a little risky. And so when you ask the question, remember the question we're all asking, Jesus, what is my next step? It might be something uncomfortable. Now, let me point this out as well. To take a step forward, to take a next step in the direction Jesus is leading you, it requires you to do one thing. I'm gonna demonstrate and see if you can pick up on it. You ready? If I'm to take a next step, did you catch it? I had to leave something, didn't I? 
So if you're going to take a next step, you have to leave something behind. And for the disciple that is stuck in comfortability, for the comfortable disciple, that is the hardest part. It's not always what the next step is. Sometimes it's what the next step means you have to leave. And when Jesus calls us to a next step, he's also calling us to leave something behind. You can't have both. You can't take a next step and hold on to what you've got. So for the comfortable disciple, it's letting go of something. So what are you having a hard time letting go of? Jesus is saying, I'm trying to lead you this direction. I'm trying to lead you in this way. Here's your next step. But that means you've got to walk away from this. You've got to let go of that. Begin to name the thises and the thats. To walk with Jesus, to follow him daily, to take those next steps, means he's also leading you away from something else. The comfortable disciple gets stuck in his own security. There's the first response with the first disciple. Here's the second one. He said to another man, follow me. That's what Jesus said. But this man replied back to Jesus, Lord, first, everybody say first, first. Lord, first, let me go and bury my father. Seems like a very reasonable excuse. Jesus, I definitely want to follow you. It sounds like a great idea. I'm going to be right there. But what was the word? First, one more time. First, I've got to go and bury my father. Now, to us, that seems like a very, again, reasonable request. Yes, but let me go bury my father first. Look at what Jesus says back. Here's his response, a little harsh to our ears, verse 60. But Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. You go proclaim the kingdom of God. Talk about crickets after he said that one, right? <laughs> whoa, 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 I just needed to go bury my father, Jesus, and you're getting all, no, I don't have time to do that whole thing. Let me help you understand context just a little bit here. Culturally speaking, most likely this man wasn't literally on his way to his father's funeral. Most likely his father wasn't actually dead yet. Most likely what was happening is in that culture, even more so than today, that son would have had a high responsibility to take care of his parents until they died. So what he's really saying is, Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, I'm right there with you, but I'm not released from these other responsibilities yet. I have other things I have to take care of first. When those are all done, then yes, Jesus, I would love to follow you. There's other responsibilities he's trying to take care of before he takes that next step in following Jesus. I would call this disciple the procrastinating disciple. The answer is yes, of course, I would love to follow you, what was the word again? But first, I got to go do something else. But first, I have another responsibility that needs to take my time, effort, and energy before I think of anything else, Jesus. I'm with you. But first, I have to go take care of something else. Now, here's a little side note. This would be interesting as well. Yes, this son would have a responsibility to his parents until they died. But there's another factor that had to have played a part in this as well. If this son walked away with Jesus and his father died and this son was not there, he doesn't get an inheritance. Oh, <laughs> plays a factor, doesn't it? No, Jesus, I've got some things I've got to take care of first. Good intentions and maybe also some selfish intentions in there because I, I can't let go of those responsibilities yet. It's the procrastinating disciple. It's, yes, Jesus, I am ready to follow you. I want to follow you, but first... I just need to get my life in order. I've got to get things taken care of first. I see where you want me to go. I am all for that, two thumbs up. But I need to get my financial situation taken, on, taken care of first. Jesus, I would love to follow you. I'm all in, but, but first, my, my family's a little bit of a mess right now. I've got to get that taken care of. 
Yes, Jesus, but first let me get married. Yes, Jesus, but first let me get retired. Yes, Jesus, first, once we start having kids and things settle down. Yes, Jesus, but when the kids are finally out of the house, then I'll have more time. Give me an amen on that one. Yes, Jesus, but first. It's a really busy season right now. Work is crazy. It's summer. You know, let's get into the swing of things. And then, you see what's happening here? Yes, but first, I still have some responsibilities that I'm not ready to say no to yet. It's the procrastinating disciple. And here's what I would venture to guess. The procrastinating disciple, those are good responsibilities to have. I bet that man felt exhausted. And here's why I think that. There's a big difference between motion and movement. A big difference. And we often confuse the difference, confuse the two of motion and movement. Motion is simply that. You are constantly in motion. Things are moving. Things are happening. But without a direct correlation to where you're going. Walking in circles is a great example of motion. I'm constantly in motion, right? Things are happening. I'm busy. My schedule is full. We're constantly going to swim lessons and soccer practice. Work is crazy. Life is crazy. I'm constantly in motion. I'm constantly doing. Jesus, I don't have time for anything else. But I'm not going anywhere, am I? That's motion. Movement is in a direction. Movement is with purpose. Movement is where Jesus is leading you intentionally, one step at a time. If you are currently exhausted, I would venture to bet you have a lot of motion happening in your life. Doesn't mean those are all bad things. I'm not telling you to stop all of them. We get exhausted, exhausted when we're constantly in motion and we're missing that movement with direction where Jesus is leading us, where Jesus is guiding us one step at a time. So when this man says, Jesus, I'll follow you, but first I've got some things I gotta take care of. I'm ready to take that next step in a little bit, after a while, not right now, but soon. And Jesus comes back and says, you're just busy with motion. Let those things take care of themselves. You take a next step. You move in the direction that I'm leading you to where I want you to end up. Let me ask you this question. Do the things that you do, we all do a ton of stuff, right? Do the things that you do lead you where Jesus wants you to be? If you were to make a list of everything that you do, everything that I do, do they lead me to where Jesus wants me to be? That's how you know if you're stuck in motion or if you're on the road of movement. Am I doing circles or am I going to something? So we have the disciple that is all about comfort, the comfortable disciple. We have the procrastinating disciple. And here's the last and final disciple that Jesus responds back and forth with. Verse 61. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. Oh, we see it again. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Now, if anybody had a good reason, this would be it. We have the Oh, the whole comfortable, I'll follow you wherever, maybe, maybe not. We have the, let me bury my father, wait till he's gone and get my inheritance, then I'll follow you. But this is just as simple. Let me go and say bye to my family. Jesus, if you're asking me to leave everything and follow you, I've got to at least say bye. They're going to wonder what happened to me. Seems very rational, seems very reasonable. Is Jesus reasonable in his response? No. Here it is, verse 62. Maybe the harshest of all. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back 
is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Jesus, I just wanted to go back and talk with my family. See, this is the hesitant disciple. The comfortable disciple, the procrastinating disciple, and now the hesitant disciple. The hesitant disciple says, yes, I'm all in. And instead of it just being the but first, there was, there's another phrase in there. Let me, do you remember what he said? Let me go back. And I believe at that point, it didn't matter what he said after the go back. Jesus' ears turned off and says, you've already told me everything I need to know. I know where you're at and I know what your next step is. Jesus, I'm in, but I need to go back. Hesitant, reluctant, moving, but very, very slowly. You know that you are a hesitant person or not based on how you get into the swimming pool. You have some people that are just cannonball all in. You have other people that get to the edge of the pool and they do the toe dip. Woo, it's kind of chilly. Yep, must have added some water in this morning. Maybe I'll get my ankle in just a little bit, get used to it, my other ankle in just a little bit, and then you finally get to like your shins and you're like, you know, I'm just gonna hang out here for a little bit. This is a good place for me to be. And then finally you start to get to your knees. And you're like, nope, 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 back to the shins. We're not there yet. Finally, after about 45 minutes, you finally get in the pool and you recognize your whole family's left because they're like, they're swam, they're done and whatever else. <laughs> Reluctant to get in. Hesitant, and here's why. We're all hesitant for the same reasons. Name the hesitancies. Fear, fear of the unknown, fear of the uncertainty. Fear of what people are gonna think. And I believe that's really what we see here. Let me go back and talk to my family. I need to explain myself. I need to make sure they're okay with it. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. The right choice is the right choice regardless of what people think. The right choice is the right choice. The right next step is the right next step. You don't need to hold on to anything from your past. You don't need to go back to anything. But isn't that what we do? Hesitancy makes us go backwards a little bit instead of forwards. We go back and hold on thinking maybe over time I'll get more used to the idea. The hesitant disciple wants to move forward, but there's too many things they're afraid of. Too many people they're afraid of disappointing. Too afraid of what people will say or think or feel about them if they make this next step. So they hesitate. They have to think things over, pray about it for a really long time. We know what the next step is. We're just not ready to move quickly towards it. So all three of those did something awesome. All three of those disciples are disciples. They've said yes to Jesus. Yes, I wanna follow you. And again, Jesus will meet you right where you are at, but he'll refuse to leave you there. Every single one of those disciples, whether they were stuck in comfortability, procrastination, or hesitancy, they all had a different next step because Jesus met them in a different place. But that didn't mean they weren't disciples. It meant they were a disciple with a different next step. That's us. If you call yourself a believer, we are all disciples and we all have different next steps. So let me ask you the question, what is gonna be your next step? Let me help this, help you think it through this way. Psalm 25 says it a little bit differently, but I don't want you to miss it because this could be your verse of the week if you need one. Here's what it says. Show me your ways, Lord, teach me your paths. In other words, those next steps, don't leave it to my own guessing. I need you to be clear, I need you to show me, I need you to teach me, because I don't quite understand why that's a next step. Help me understand. 
Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Look at this. Guide me in your truth. In other words, make sure you're speaking truth to me about these next steps because we get all in our head, don't we? Each of those disciples, the disciple of comfort, the procrastinating disciple, the hesitant disciple, they all had things in their heads, many of them lives, many of them exaggerations, many of them fabrications of their own mind or what other people have told them. And so here, Psalms is saying, guide me in your truth, push away the lies, teach me. Why? Because you are God, my savior, and my hope is in you all day long. All day long, because we are faced with those next steps all day long. So who are you following all day long? Which disciple are you throughout the day all day long? Be all in, one step at a time. Let me give you three questions. I told you there was gonna be a lot of questions this morning. You didn't believe me. Now you're starting to believe me. Three more questions for you to think through. Here's the first one. Where am I? Where are you? Right here, right now. Spiritually speaking, where are you? Because Jesus is gonna meet you right there. Are you just now discovering who Jesus is? Have you grown up knowing Jesus? What questions do you have? What doubts do you have? What uncertainties are in your mind and in your heart? What do you love? Where are you currently with Jesus? In your walk, in your story, in your journey with Jesus, where are you right here, right now? Wherever you are, that's a great spot to be. Okay, it's not a comparison contest of, well, I'm here and you're there and they're there. You start right where you're at. And he meets you right there. But remember, he doesn't leave you there, does he? So who do you most identify with? The comfort, the disciple of comfort, procrastination, or hesitancy? Who do you resonate with the most? Where are you? Second question, it's the question we've been asking all morning. What is your next step? Because each one of those disciples had a different next step. Stepping out of comfort, stepping into something immediate instead of delayed overcoming those fears and worries and anxieties and stop hesitating and being reluctant, but move forward in that next step. What is your next step? Because if you know what you got here, if you can identify what the next step is, don't worry about the 10 steps down. Don't worry about the diving board yet. What is the next step? We're all in one step at a time. Let me help you identify some of those next steps. Maybe it's just saying yes to Jesus. Every single one of those disciples we read through, each one of them said, I'll, do, I'll follow you, Jesus. They started by saying yes to Jesus. You have to start there. That's your first step. Jesus, yes. I don't have all the answers. I don't even know exactly what that means and where we're going, but Jesus, yes. I recognize I need you. I recognize that you've died for my sins. I recognize that you rose from the dead three days after you died for my sins. Recognize that you love me no matter what, what I do. You say yes to Jesus. You start there. Maybe the next step is in baptism. We say, Jesus, now that you're in my heart, I want people to know that. I want to celebrate that. That's why we celebrate baptisms. We're doing that at the very end of July, the last Sunday of the month, to celebrate that life change and those decisions made. Maybe your next step is getting further into what God's word says. It's, it's not just what Brian tells me on a Sunday, but it's like, no, 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 this is part of my, remember that key word, daily life. You deny yourself, you pick up your cross daily. Psalm 25 said the same thing, that our hope is in him Daily. Has this become part of your daily life? Maybe that's your next step. Maybe it's praying more. Maybe it's just starting to pray. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe it's connecting with other people. We're not intended to go through this life alone. We need people around us. So our next step might be just having people in our lives that we're vulnerable with, that we allow in. Whether you call it a group at church or not, if you have people in your life, maybe that's where you need to be. 
If you don't have that, that might be a next step. How we're generous with our time, how we're generous with our finances, how we give to other people, how we give back to God, maybe that's your next step. We get hesitant because, oh, I don't know how it's gonna work out. Or we are, I'm so comfortable with my budget the way that it is. And so, man, God, if you're asking me to do something with my finances, man, stay away from my wallet. You've got my whole body, you've got my whole life, not my wallet. Maybe there's some next steps there. Serving is a big piece. Jesus said, I came to serve, not be served. We say it around here a lot that we're most like Christ when we serve. So maybe that's your next step. He said that this month is celebrating and appreciating all of our volunteers because you are the hands and feet of Jesus. You're what the church looks like, should look like. We all have different things that we're doing to greater the kingdom of God, that he's using us for more life change. Maybe that's your next step if you're not serving anywhere yet. And, and if I can push you beyond what you just think you know of volunteering and serving, it's not just, oh, I have to serve at church on a Sunday morning. No, it's serving your community, it's serving your family, it's serving your neighbors, it's serving the people that you've never met before, it's serving other people, it's that whole love one another thing. It's serving the people around you and as a church and as the leader of this church, man, it's my job to give you as many opportunities to take those next steps as possible. And serving is one of the greatest ways I know that you can continue to follow those steps with Jesus. And trust me, it is not a, oh, we have some things we gotta get done around here, so if you could help, that would be great, no. Understand, serving is not about filling holes, it's about filling hearts. It is not about filling in the gaps, it's about you being fulfilled spiritually with Jesus. When you serve, you become more and more like him, which is the steps that we're moving towards. So maybe you find a place to serve. Maybe you say, it's not just about me, I wanna be part of something bigger. So let me land on that for a second. This is the month of volunteering. So let me help you understand how you can do that. First of all, you've heard me say it before if you've been here, use the card. Fill this out on the back. It says, I would like to serve at MLC. That's a great place to start. You'll get an email from me on Tuesday that gives you some things to think and pray about. You'll get another email from me on Thursday that starts to get you in a spot. So start there. If that's not enough for you, man, I just really don't know what that next step is for me. Can I give you another option? Right outside in the lobby today where all of our current volunteers are getting their shirts, you can sign up to serve today and get your free t-shirt. No, it's not a sales pitch, but it doesn't hurt to, get, to offer it either way. You go up there and say, hey, I'm interested in serving. And it's not where can I help, it's this is where I think I would be fulfilled. So you talk with one of our volunteer teams out there, they'll get you plugged in, you'll get your shirt, you sign up for the next year, it'll be great. Maybe you need to have a little bit more in-depth conversation. Because if you don't know where you're ready to serve at, you need to have that conversation. What's my next step? So here's what I'm gonna do for you. Me and some of our team members, we are gonna stay right here, right up front. Usually we're out in the lobby hanging out. Today we're gonna be right here. And you come up and talk with us individually and say, man, here's where I'm at. Here's where I think I might be ready to serve. Help me figure this out. And that's part of our job is to help you identify where you're at and help you take those next steps. But I'm gonna go one step further because I want you to understand how important this whole where are you and take your next step thing. Let me put this on the screen. Take a picture of it, write it down, or text it right now. If you will text call me, make it one word, one word, don't let Siri autocorrect and make it two words. Text call me to 678-944-8690. Write it down if you need to, or literally just text it right now, take a picture of it. Here's my commitment to you. If you'll text call me to that number, I'll get your information real quick, and then you will get a phone call from myself or somebody on our team today between 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. And all we're gonna do is ask you the question, what's Jesus doing in your life? Where do you think you're currently at? What do you think your next step might be? And we will help you identify what those next steps are. 
Whether it is saying yes to Jesus, whether it is baptism, whether it is counseling, whether it is serving, whether it is a group or connecting, whether it is leading something in your community or with your family, we want to help you identify where you're at and how to take those next steps. And sometimes that needs to be a conversation, not just an email. So if you'll give me that opportunity, you will get a phone call today between two and six, and we'll talk you through those next steps. I promise it's not going to end with the sales pitch of, so where can we plug you in at? It's going to end with... So what's your next step? Jesus can show you where you're at and he can show you what your next step is, but he cannot make you take the next step. In fact, every single one of these examples, these disciples here, not one of them do we have a conclusion with. And some of you that are OCD, this is killing you right now because you don't know how they responded. We don't know how the, the comfort disciple responded, if he said okay or not. We don't know how the procrastinating disciple, if he said okay or not. We don't know how the hesitant disciple responded. All we know is Jesus said, here's your next step. And then it goes back in your lap. Last question for you. If you can identify where you are and you can identify what the next step Jesus is calling you to take in your life, then can you be aware enough of what is keeping you from taking it? What is currently in the way of you fully following Jesus? We all have something some things that keeps us from taking those next steps. Because we get stuck either looking way ahead or we get stuck looking too far back. And we don't think we can make the step. Can you be all in one step at a time? Because understand what Jesus has done for us. That he has relentlessly, recklessly, lovingly pursued each and every one of us. Every step of the way. And if we can pursue him, even a fraction of the way that he's pursued us, that we would follow him one step at a time and see where he would lead us. Oh, I cannot wait to be able to sit back and watch your lives a little bit. And for you to sit back and watch my life of what happens when you follow him one step at a time. When you say, yes, I'm all in for this one step. And then he gives you something else. You say, yes, I'm all in for this one step. And you keep following him. And then you end up in a place where you never thought possible. You never could have imagined. But it starts with being all in one step at a time. Pursue him as he's pursued you. Jesus, thank you so much for how you do just that. How you relentlessly and, re and recklessly even pursue us that nothing would stand in the way of you meeting us where we are. Not our sin, not the cross, not anything or anyone. Jesus, you came straight to us and you meet us right where we're at. Oh, but you refuse to leave us there. Thank you for that. Thank you for meeting us here, but not being content staying here. That you constantly want us to move towards you and with you. So Jesus, we ask you to lead us. As Psalm 25 says, God, teach us and show us and guide us your ways, your next steps for our lives so that our hope would be in you daily. Every step, our hope is in you. Every step, our focus is on you. Who knows where you're gonna lead us? Who knows where we're gonna end up? But may we be all in one step at a time. And let's just watch and see what you do with our lives. Help us to identify where we're at Help us to see those next steps and to take them with courage and with hope. In Jesus' name, amen.